This is the Howell Creek Radio Address for Wednesday, February 11th, 2009. I'm Joel Duick. Possessed of a notion lately that less might be more when it comes to caffeine consumed in the course of a particular day, I was virtuously puttering about in the kitchen Sunday afternoon, preparing myself a mugful of white pear tea in place of coffee. It was in the course of these preparations that I became aware of the sorry state of the honey trade in our house. Not a single drop of the stuff in liquid form, but I did find a quart container of what had once been honey, now crystallized into a single solid inert lump of yellowish ivory character, with only the faintest amount of glisten or sheen. Gwen came into the kitchen. She was reheating some chicken patties, one of which I had managed to negotiate or sponge off of her in a previous exchange, which is very magnanimous of her, but at the same time shields her to some extent from recrimination, for no one wants to unduly upset the person that happens to be preparing their chicken patty. Where is the honey in this house, woman? I inquired, sensitively. Right there, responded she of the amazing Technicolor dream scarf waving a spatula in the general direction of the yellowed lump. This was, in my view, downright silly. It was one thing being under the impression that this substance, trapped unnaturally between the conventional solid and liquid states of being, was a simple oversight, i.e. the old stuff had dried out and the new stuff had been left off the shopping list by mistake. But apparently the hardened cake represented our intended stock and store. That, that is not honey, I said, carving off a chunk with my spoon and attempting in vain to dissolve it into my tea. It's awesome, said Gwen, and it occurred to me that the honey so-called may even have been purchased in this form on purpose, by way of satisfying someone's overdeveloped sense of authenticity. It is many things, but awesome is not one of them. Why, name one thing it ever awed. I subscribe to the golden dripping elixir theory of honey myself. Never trust a poison that won't dissolve instantly, I always say. Of course, I have myself, normally, an active and keen sense for things old and authentic. Perhaps in this case, my contrary nature was simply asserting itself again as it did in a more obvious manner a few minutes later, when Mr. President loomed into the room and promptly scored the second-to-last, albeit still unheated, chicken patty, and began preparing it for himself cold on a bun. That's not enough mayonnaise, I opined. It's plenty, he said. You're not supposed to be able to detect it with your tongue. Ha! I said. You're supposed to have to search through the mayo with your tongue in order to find the chicken. An idea that both of us found repulsive, but which to my satisfaction elicited an involuntary vocalization of disgust from him only. Just me being contrary again, but only, I hope, in a matter involving some amount of wit. It is, of course, easy to criticize others' honey-buying habits when one is not oneself in charge of the food supply and that is just fine with me. 
Stores in general are a kind of kryptonite to me, sucking down vast amounts of mental resources all out of proportion to actual good accomplished. Whether in clothing or in hardware stores, I am simply too easily hypnotized by the vast array and variety of each thing sold. I see a shirt, for example. It immediately occupies my whole mind. I scrutinize it from every angle. Will it fit? Is it well made? Do I like it well enough to actually buy it? Let's have a look at the price. Oh my word. Well, let's have another look at the thing. After two minutes I find that there are things about it that I like, and things I don't like, and I'm not sure I want it at that price. Because the thing in front of me captures my attention so completely, I have great difficulty properly envisioning how well it may or may not match the clothes I already have, or others I have seen already in the same store, or on the same trip, or even whether it does or does not fit with my own sense of style. And what is my sense of style these days anyways? Do I want more of the same, tried and true, or should I strike off in a new direction? Before long my eyes have glazed over, and I am at the checkout counter shelling out hard-earned money for something too outlandish to wear, or exactly like five of the shirts already in my closet. Grocery stores are the same, greeted simultaneously by 18 sizes and subtle flavor variations of the same basic item, a tomato sauce for example. A single item on a list handwritten by others becomes a wheel-spinning mass comparison pros and cons style game show in which a wrong choice could result in your being greeted with actual laughter or even scorn when your choices are later unbagged before the general assembly. What do you mean I bought the wrong tomato sauce? This stuff is all natural. Look how authentic it is. It's awesome, I will say, trying in vain to plead my case. <laughs> I will arise and go now and go to Innisfree, and a small cabin build there of clay and wattles made. Nine bean rows will I have there, a hive for the honey bee, and live alone in the bee-loud glade. And I shall have some peace there, for peace comes dropping slow, dropping from the veils of the morning to where the cricket sings. There midnight's all a glimmer and noon a purple glow, and evening's full of the linnet's wings. And I will arise and go now, for always night and day I hear lake water lapping with low sounds by the shore. While I stand on the roadway, or on the pavement's gray, I hear it in the deep heart's core. It's a lovely, lovely sound, is it not? It is especially nice to hear it in the quiet. I most often hear it accompanied by the low, throaty pedal point of my truck's less-than-muffled engine. The truck being, generally, the only private listening booth I can depend on in the course of a day. I suppose I should be grateful. I hear there are men who pay good money to get such a guttural contrabasso out of their trucks. And now, thanks to a hole in my catalytic converter, I can have it for free. Never mind that I don't even like to wear sunglasses, lest I should be confused with that crowd. And now, wherever I drive, my otherwise passable truck loudly and falsely proclaims me as one of their ilk. I try to mitigate the effect, often, by playing this. 
with the windows down, even when it's 40 degrees and rainy, and no one else has their windows down to hear it. It is funny, I think, that such a sweet sound should be carried around town in such a coarse, plain vehicle. I guess it reminds me of the verse, but we carry this treasure in common earthen vessels, that the power may be shown to be of God, not of us.